0: Let's start with something a little different today. Over the last few weeks, I started getting emails like this one that I'm putting up on the screen saying, David, now that Joe Rogan has been proven right about the vaccines now that Russell Brand and Kim Iverson have been proven right about the vaccines and you were wrong, are you going to apologize? Are you going to issue a retraction or a traction for Howard Stern fans to what you said now Initially, I had no idea what these people were talking about. But indeed, there are a whole bunch of clips out there from people like Jimmy Dore, a video called Joe Rogan Proven Right about Vaccines and Myocarditis. Russell Brand did a video, Myocarditis and Matt Hancock, the Great COVID Swindle. A woman named Kim Iverson, who I guess only does vaccine content now. When I looked at her channel, it's like just months of only vaccine stuff. She did a video why Florida halts COVID mRNA for men 18 to 39. And then she also did a video in August called massive study proves men under 40 have a higher risk of myocarditis post vaccination. So they are claiming that they have been vindicated. And some of my viewers are writing to me and saying, David, all of these people have been vindicated and you were wrong. So let's see if we can talk this through. The first question is what they believe is vindication is they say they are right to be skeptical and reluctant about the covid vaccine because of myocarditis and that that has now been vindicated. Now, the first part of this that's sort of strange is that all of these videos came out in early to mid November and one in August that I talked about. And yet the study that they are all talking about was published in April of this year. That's almost eight months ago. Huh? That's sort of strange, right? I mean, the study is published eight months ago and they all talk about it within a few days of each other in November. Hmm. That should at least raise a question. And it said all should also make us wonder if all of these videos were produced in November, but they're talking about an April study. Is there any other study data that came out between April and November that they excluded from their videos. Well, we're going to figure that out. But let's start with the study from April. The big takeaway from the April study is that men under the age of 40 have a higher risk of myocarditis post vaccination compared to those who have not been vaccinated. Now, the study actually says in it, quote, Further long term studies will be needed to estimate the incidence of pericarditis and myocarditis in patients diagnosed with covid. This is critical. It's not new information that there is a small risk of pericarditis and myocarditis, particularly to younger men from the MRNA covid vaccines. We knew that. It was a known risk, very rare, but a known risk. So that part isn't actually news. But what these folks want to imply, and some of them are straight up saying, is that the risk of pericarditis and myocarditis from covid is lower than that from the vaccine. In other words, the vaccine is more dangerous than covid. The study they are citing specifically doesn't say that. It says you've got to study that in order to figure out. What is the incidence of pericarditis and myocarditis in people who get COVID? That's number one. So, what they are implying, the study doesn't actually say. Secondly, no one claimed the vaccine had no risks. Nobody claimed there were. We all talked about the side effects. This specific risk was known and it was quantified and it's really rare. So, pretending that learning that is newsworthy also is dishonest. Now, the more you delve into the data. And again, they're saying here's a study from April. There are newer studies, which we will get to, but this they, they want to focus on this study from April. The more you delve into the data, the less stunning and shocking and surprising that the data is an article from the American College of Cardiology called which covid vaccine you get can impact myocarditis risk comments on the study and clarifies that, quote, incidence of myocarditis Is two to three fold higher after the second dose of the Moderna vaccine when compared to the Pfizer vaccine. However, overall cases of heart inflammation with either vaccine are very rare. This is super important because, again, the studies from April, we already knew this. We already knew there's a slightly higher risk of myocarditis from the vaccine. It's slightly higher from the Moderna than the Pfizer vaccine. But the super important part is, you know how sometimes you hear these claims, health claims, and I'm making this one up. This is an imaginary health claim, but it'll go something like this. Eating persimmon. Doubles your risk of spontaneous blindness. This is a joke. okay? we're making this up. Eating persimmon doubles your risk of spontaneous blindness. And then you find out the risk of spontaneous blindness in the general population is 0.01%. And the people who ate persimmon went randomly blind twice as frequently 0.02 percent of the time. Right. Is that significant? Is that something that you would alter your behavior around, particularly if eating persimmon had other health benefits? That's an important analogy to what is being talked about here. Now, many doctors, including Guy Whitberg, who's an M.D. and an M.P.H., he's a cardiologist at the Rabin Medical Center in Israel, he said this information suggests that if you have any kind of underlying cardiovascular disease, get the Pfizer vaccine instead of the Moderna. That's a doctor's takeaway from this study. That's the takeaway. Now to go further, many other studies don't even find that myocarditis is more prevalent in those that take a vaccine versus who don't take a vaccine. So. They're talking in November about an April study. There are newer studies that don't replicate this result. In August of 2022, this August, right? I mean, three months ago, the American Heart Association published a study reporting that, quote, the risk of myocarditis is greater after a COVID infection than after COVID vaccination and remains modest after sequential doses of the booster. However, The risk of myocarditis after vaccination is higher in younger men, particularly after a second dose of the mRNA vaccine information we knew mostly and making it clear, it seems that covid carries the higher risk that happens to come from a study which was published in August of this year. Now, that is a four month newer study than the one Jimmy Dore and Russell Brand and Kim Iverson are looking at meaning they chose or didn't care or didn't look to see are there newer studies that conflict with the one from April that we're all titillated by. But we have something kind of even more interesting and it's even newer information. An October study. So this is last month from Penn State College called, quote, myocarditis induced by covid infection is substantially greater than the risk posed by vaccines. This study found myocarditis induced by COVID infections is worse than that myocarditis induced by the vaccines. Okay, that's from last month. And the other part of this is even if you imagine that the risk of myocarditis is higher from the vaccine than it is from COVID, uh, or rather that they are the same, if you say, okay, well. Myocarditis is is more likely when you get a vaccine and it's more likely when you get covid. Imagine that we grant both of those equally. The myocarditis associated with the vaccine is milder than the myocarditis associated with covid. That's an important consideration. Uh, Dr. Nicola Klein, who's a vaccine expert at Kaiser Permanente, says, quote, vaccine associated myocarditis is usually milder than the viral type. That's if the risk were equal. And many studies say that's not the case. Many studies find this and we're putting another article up on the screen. Here is how some of the commentators I just mentioned reported on this. Jimmy Dore when talking about this said. Before we give forgiveness for the people who were Nazis around COVID policy, who were pro lockdown, pro mandates, and they were 100% wrong on all that stuff, it's okay to be wrong about that stuff. What's not okay is to then demonize people who disagree with you on facts. Well, what are the facts? Choosing an eight month old study when there are newer studies, multiple newer studies that disagree? I don't know. So that's what's going on. There's no retraction needed. There's no apology needed. Most of this study comes out with information that's not new. The parts that are more notable have already been contradicted by multiple newer studies. I have no horse in this race. I want the truth and I want the healthiest public health situation for everybody. That's it. So uh, that is the information as I know it. If you have additional information I should be considering or evaluating, by all means, send it to me. If you like these types of segments, make sure to subscribe on YouTube on the page for this video. Like if you're watching this video right now, hit subscribe. We see the analytics of which clips generate subscribers. And if this is of interest to the audience, we will absolutely do more of these. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. One of the best things about being an independent show is that I can pick advertising partners that share our values and our sponsor, Sunset Lake CBD, grows the highest quality CBD you can find anywhere. And it's an awesome company. It's a hemp farm outside Burlington, Vermont. I love Burlington that uses sustainable farming practices and is majority owned by its employees, Last year, Sunset Lake CBD donated over $60,000 to drug decriminalization, animal shelters, public radio stations, union strike funds, nature conservation, food shelves and refugee resettlement organizations. I really enjoy Sunset Lakes CBD coffee, which uses Rainforest Alliance coffee beans. Producer Pat takes the Sunset Lake CBD gummies for sleep. Sunset Lake CBD also has oils, flour, topicals, you name it. A ton of people report CBD being helpful for things like insomnia or stress, sometimes pain. Go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code Pacman for 20 percent off your entire order. If you've been thinking about trying CBD, get it from a socially responsible company. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and promo code Pacman gets you 20 percent off everything. The info is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is BetterHelp Uh, viewers of the show. Listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to BetterHelp.com slash Pacman show today to get 10 percent off your first month. That's better. H.E.L.P.com slash show. The link is in the podcast notes. If you have a friend or loved one who is passionate about the environment, here is a perfect holiday gift. Our sponsor, Established Titles, is a project that lets you ceremonially purchase as little as one square foot of dedicated land in Edelston, Scotland, so that you can call yourself a lord or a lady like the historic Scottish tradition. Some people even change their plane tickets or credit cards to include lord or lady. Your title pack comes with an official certificate. You can see exactly where your plot of land is located. It makes a perfect last minute gift. But most importantly, established titles plants one free tree for every plot of land sold. Established titles does really good work all over the world with reforestation organizations like One Tree Planted and Trees for the Future. So you'll have a great laugh whether you're Scottish or not. I'm not. But you're giving the gift of reforestation to fight climate change. If you use my link, you'll get 10% off, and your plot of land will be right next to mine. You can see it on a map. Go to pac Pacman and use the code Pacman for an extra 10% off on top of their Black Friday deal. The link is in the podcast notes. Lest we forget, remember that the David Packman Show is a community funded program. We depend on the support of our viewers, our listeners, podcast subscribers, people who watch a clip on YouTube or listen to us on the radio, or even seeing the TikTok videos where things are blowing up very quickly. I'll say more about that probably on the bonus show soon because it is interesting what's happening on TikTok. But my invitation to you is to get the extra content, get the bonus show, get the commercial free audio and video streams of the show simply by signing up at joinpacman.com. That's all you have to do. You go to join pacman.com. You can use the coupon code 24 starts now because it does. If you prefer, you can use the coupon code Please no more Trump. And you have to say it like that, at least in your head when you type it in, please no more trump. Uh, both coupon codes save you big time off of the cost of a membership at joinpacman.com. We will of course get to the DOJ special counsel that has been announced. It is starting all up again, and I will tell you what this likely means. But before we get to that, I want to go to a completely bizarre, surreal clip of loser Republican gubernatorial candidate from Arizona, Carrie Lake. She was at Mar-a-Lago for some kind of event and she made a declaration. She says that she is going to fight what happened in Arizona. Now you know and I know that what happened in Arizona is she lost. What happened in Arizona is the other candidate, Katie Hobbs, got more votes. And when things work as planned, the candidate who gets more votes becomes the governor. Very difficult concept, apparently, for Carrie Lake. Listen to this, and she got the hero's welcome. And she's like, We were gonna fight this.
1: Started the incredible Carrie Lake. To do everything they could to stop us <laughs> ballot harvesting,
0: actually, yeah, they, they had to vote.
1: They had to shut down the machines on election day, but we know their tricks and they think they can slow and pr- pour cold water on a movement.
0: Now, I want you all to understand she says what they did was ballot harvesting and to uh, how, what was the word she said, turn off or slow down? They had to do
1: everything they could to stop us ballot harvesting, they had to shut down the machines on election day.
0: Ah, right. So the issue she's citing that has some substance is that there was an issue at a few Maricopa County locations because of a couple of malfunctioning machines. The machines were fixed and the Republican Party originally filed a lawsuit, dropped their lawsuit because it was all taken care of, did not substantively affect the election. Ballot harvesting is just something they repeat. I don't even think they know what it means,
1: but we know their tricks. And they think they can slow and th- pour cold water on a movement. It is not possible, people. You cannot stop the American spirit. You cannot stop the founding fathers.
0: One person is clapping.
1: And the blood that we have, that we have inside of us. And so I will fight what happened on Tuesday of, what was it, two weeks ago now, where are we, two weeks in? We, we vote for a month in Arizona, we count bo- votes for two weeks. And look, it's a joke. Our, our elections are a circus run by clowns. I, will tell you
0: <laughs> I love that we are going to fight what happened. What does that even mean? You just lost. How do you fight the fact that you lost by lying and claiming that you won? So don't for a second. I, 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 I don't want I know most people in my audience would never fall for something like this. Don't even allow to enter your brain that anything other than Katie Hobbs becoming the governor is going to happen in Arizona. Now, maybe Carrie Lake is going to fight this by running for governor again in the future if she's not Trump's VP, which she wants to be. And we'll get to that a little bit later. But all that happened is that she lost and she wants to fight that. I don't think she's going to be successful. The Department of Justice has announced a special counsel to investigate and potentially bring criminal charges against failed former president Donald Trump. Indictment seems imminent, according even to many right wing legal scholars. Even Trump's lawyers reportedly are preparing for an indictment. Trump is losing his mind over this, and we'll get to that in a moment. What is it that is going to take place here? Well, CNN reporting DOJ announces special counsel for Trump related Mar-a-Lago and January six criminal investigations, multiple criminal investigations at this time, Merrick Garland, the attorney general, appointed a special counsel to oversee these investigations. Both investigations implicate the conduct of Trump, who is now a presidential candidate. Garland said, based on recent developments, including Trump's announcement that he's a candidate for president, and the sitting president stated intention to be a candidate as well. I have concluded it is in the public interest to appoint a special counsel. That special counsel is going to be a guy named Jack Smith. Jack Smith is the former chief prosecutor for the special court in The Hague, where he investigated war crimes in Kosovo. Smith, quote, has built the reputation as an impartial and determined prosecutor. That is absolutely correct. And these right wingers and Trumpists have wasted no time in going right into the character assassination that we should expect about Jack Smith. I don't even want to devote time to that right now if it becomes a bigger part of the story. And maybe it will, because all these people have his character assassination. Maybe we will talk a little bit more about Jack Smith. Jack Smith's appointment and his selection is completely uncontroversial. It is he's just a normal, uncontroversial prosecutor. OK, so what is it that is going to happen here? Continued CNN article. According to multiple sources, both the Mar-a-Lago investigation and the January 6th investigation around Trump are aiming to gather more information and bring witnesses into a federal grand jury in the coming weeks. This is a really big deal. I know that many of you, like me, have become desensitized to this because everything about this failed former presidency has been so unusual and so out of what is typical. But this is really not normal. We grand juries for multiple potential crimes committed by a former president who lost after one term, tried to stay in office despite losing and is now running again, potentially because he thinks it will help him avoid these investigations, which Merrick Garland says it will not. Some of the witnesses being pursued in this round had not spoken to the investigators in cases before many in Trump's orbit believed and hoped the investigation was slowed or halted because they hadn't heard from the Justice Department for weeks. Well, okay, that isn't going going to go on. So there's two views of this decision. Now, if we zoom out officially, the decision is clear. Uh, Merrick Garland was hired by Joe Biden. Joe Biden has stated his intention to run for reelection. The target of this investigation is Donald Trump. Donald Trump has now said he's running for for not reelection, but for another election. And as a result, Garland's boss could potentially face off against the guy he's investigating in order to remove himself from possible allegations of political bias here. Merrick Garland has done the obvious thing, which is to appoint a special counsel to say, you come in and figure this all out. We won't get involved in the charging decisions. Now there's two views on this. One view, and I heard it from a couple of you, is that Merrick Garland is a coward. Merrick Garland is afraid to actually do the thing that many prosecutors seem to be afraid to do, which is to charge Donald Trump. We saw this in uh, New York. We saw this elsewhere. They are afraid to be the first to say, all right, you know what? The evidence is there. The standards have been met. I'm going to be the first to charge a former president. That's one perspective. And there is no doubt that there are many prosecutors extraordinarily hesitant and you could argue scared to charge a former president. I concede that. The second view is that Garland is smart to distance himself from this ultimate decision, It's predictable that because Trump announced his campaign, you really just can't have. I mean, think of the counter counter uh, point to this, which would be Trump says, I am now a candidate. He's campaigning. And Joe Biden's attorney general is investigating Trump. Fox News wouldn't let that fly as much as they seem to be distancing from Trump. Right wing media, Republicans wouldn't let that fly. So whether or not you think Garland is a coward and he may be. I mean, it's I'm not weighing in on that. It's neither here nor there. I don't think Garland had any choice. He can't actively be in an administration that could be running against Trump and investigating Trump. It just doesn't look good. Now, when you zoom out a little further, there are a number of legal experts who have looked at this and said, you, you, this is what's going on here. This is speculation, but there's a lot of consensus behind it. Garland probably realizes at this point the evidence against Trump is so strong. He's going to end up getting charged one way or another, either for the stolen documents or for something related to January 6th. And Garland needs to be able to as quickly as possible separate himself from the line prosecutors and the final steps of that investigation. And I believe that it is accurate that he should be doing that. But many are also seeing this and saying this also suggests the indictment is imminent. Obviously, if that indictment comes, we will have it for you. Let's now look at Donald Trump's reaction to this. A visibly scared Donald Trump flipped out during a gala the other day over a special counsel being selected by Merrick Garland to investigate his crimes. You have to see Trump at this thing. He was in rare form. And I don't mean because he was wearing a tuxedo and looking more orange than ever, although that was notable and interesting to see. Trump saying, isn't this all kind of like double jeopardy impeachment hoax, and by the way." I apologize for the terrible audio. That's an issue in the room. Apparently, the audio text must have been Antifa
2: or and they tried it in the Senate. They went through the whole process and we won. We went through the whole process. So wouldn't this sort of be a uh, and then you take a look at the other. We went through two of them. And is not this sort of like double jeopardy in the old days? They used to call it double jeopardy, but essentially. <laughs> Uh, We've done so well and we did well in a very hostile.
0: Yeah, Um, it's not double jeopardy. Double jeopardy is the prosecution of a person more than once for the same offense. Trump thinks double jeopardy is they keep finding out of new crimes you might have committed and those crimes are investigated. He's clearly scared. He's clearly making no sense. And there was a hilarious statement, actually, that Trump gave to Fox Digital, where he said, quote, I have been proven innocent for six years on everything from fake impeachment to Mueller, who found no collusion. And now I have to do it more. I am not going to partake in it. I announce And then they appoint a special prosecutor. The appointment of the special prosecutor right after he announces is the proper thing to do. Not doing it would be a problem. And of course, Trump is wrong that he has been proven innocent. He doesn't seem to understand how anything works. Uh, He also was impeached for things that they weren't fake. They mostly happened in public and they're recorded. Um, Mueller did not find no collusion. Mueller decided not to prosecute. And Trump saying he won't partake won't really do anything. It doesn't make it go away. Back to the gala, Trump commenting on the special counsel. He said, "I thought that was case closed."
2: This horrendous abuse of power is the latest in a long series of witch hunts. He started a long time ago. I thought the investigation with the document hoax was dying or dead or over. And the investigation into January 6, in my very peaceful and patriotic speech, remember, peaceful and patriotically, was dead. Especially after the record-setting 40-point loss of Liz Cheney in the great. He
0: seems to think that because Cheney lost the investigation, the criminal investigation is over. I mean, just a total lack of understanding of anything.
2: State of Wyoming, I thought it was dead. I thought that put the final nail in the coffin only to find out that the corrupt and highly political Justice Department just appointed a super radical left special counsel, better referred to as a special prosecutor to start the process all over again. We thought it was
0: this guy's scared. You can genuinely tell there is absolutely fear there. And then he went into his bizarre hyperbole, like saying there is no one more innocent than Trump.
2: I've proven to be one of the most honest and innocent people ever in our country. I've proven to be one of the most honest and innocent people ever in our country.
0: Trump speaking at the same gala actually brought up uh, Carrie Lake and said what happened with her is incredible and that that isn't even over. Check this out.
2: Carrie Lake, who just went through an incredible election. There were a lot of broken voting machines. You heard that. Lots of them. They happen to be in largely Republican areas. And uh, Mm. what happened there is a disgrace. But I want to just tell you, you did some job, Kerry. And I know it's not over yet.
0: It is over. It is over. And there were a few tabulators that, for a period of time, were not working in some parts of Maricopa County. Uh, Everything was fixed. The GOP, which had filed a lawsuit, retracted the lawsuit. Kerry Lake lost. It is over. Uh, Donald Trump also started calling for the feds to invade the homes of the Clintons and the Bushes, which was a very strange moment.
2: Uh, they have to invade. This is Mar-a-Lago. They have to invade Hillary and Bill Clinton's beautiful home in Westchester. <laughs> they have to invade the Bush's home. They have to invade a lot of homes, but they didn't do that. And they took documents. They took a lot of things and that's what we have the Presidential Records Act for.
0: Mm. Calling for, you know, it's funny. On the one hand, he says law enforcement and the FBI have been politicized and weaponized. And now he's saying they should do it to the Bushes and Clintons, even though they aren't actually invest under investigation for any crimes. And then lastly, this is just kind of funny. Even C SPAN pulling away from coverage of this.
2: Chicago recently. They had eighty-two people shot, eighty-two over a weekend. But they said it was a long weekend. Oh, okay, that's better. It was a long. It was a long weekend. In Afghanistan, when I was in charge, we didn't have one killing. Think of it. In eighteen months, not one of our soldiers were killed. And then you look at Chicago and you look at other things.
1: Former President Trump has moved on to to other topics. We'll take this opportunity (laughs) to move on with our program schedule.
0: That's the best Uh, other topics. Trump's entire speeches are moving on are are, uh, moving on to other topics. That's all he does. Move on to other topics. So absolutely surreal. He looks terrified. He looks genuinely terrified. We will have all of these clips on our Instagram. And remember, we are preparing for 2024 as well pushing for two million YouTube subscribers last month. More than three million different YouTube viewers watched clips but didn't subscribe. Help us get to two million simply by hitting the subscribe button right now. If you are not yet subscribed to the channel, we could do it overnight just with our existing viewers if they hit that subscribe button. Help us out. We're going to take a quick break and be back with so much more. We're going to talk about the runoff. We're going to talk about VP so many different things. I love cooking at home. I cook all the time. Having a good set of knives that you actually like to use is really important. For years, I have been a fan of the advantages that Japanese knives offer. And our sponsor, Kamikoto, makes amazing Japanese steel kitchen knives using the traditional techniques that date back to the Edo period of Japan. Kamikoto only uses steel from Japan. Each blade takes years to craft and goes through a rigorous 19 step inspection process with a lifetime guarantee. The knives come in a beautiful heavy duty ash wood box, makes it a really great gift, easy to store as well. On the Kamikodo website, you can see a map of the Michelin star chefs all over the world using Kamikodo knives. My Kamikodo knives at home have been performing great for years. You really just can't beat the feel of a nice Japanese knife, perfectly balanced in your hand. And Kamikodo is now running a big Black Friday sale. My audience gets an extra $50 off. Go to kamikodo.com slash Pacman and use the code Pacman. That's K-A-M-I-K-O-T-O dot com slash Pacman use code Pacman for an extra fifty dollars off. The info is in the podcast notes. We talk about it all the time. One of the biggest contributors to climate change is deforestation. Did you know that 15 percent of deforestation is due to toilet paper production alone, according to the N.R.D.C. That's why I love our sponsor, Real Paper, Real Paper makes a sustainable toilet paper, no trees. It uses 100 percent bamboo. A bamboo stock can keep being harvested indefinitely. No deforestation. Real Paper is certified by the Forest Stewardship Council for responsible harvesting of the bamboo grass used for their paper. Another contributor to climate change, the plastic that the toilet paper comes wrapped in. That's why Real Paper involves no plastic packaging and best of all, Real Paper looks and feels just like normal traditional toilet paper. The cost is similar, it is fantastic. On their website, you can do a one-time purchase or set up an easy recurring subscription the way that I did. My audience gets 30% off your first order plus free shipping. Go to realpaper.com/pacman and use the code PACMAN at checkout. That's R.E.E.L. paper dot com slash Pacman coupon code Pacman for 30 percent off and free shipping. The info is in the podcast notes as the December six runoff for the Georgia Senate election gets closer and closer. One candidate, Raphael Warnock, is making more and more sense. The other candidate, Herschel Walker, is increasingly unable to speak. We're going to look at clips of both options that Georgia voters have on December 6th. Remember that if you vote in Georgia, the Senate races are not over. We know Democrats will control the Senate, but will it be 50 50 or 51 49? That's going to come down to a runoff election in Georgia. The reason there is a runoff is that Georgia has something called the 50 percent rule. The 50 percent rule states that if no if no candidate in a regular election gets to 50 percent of the vote. The top two vote getters will have a runoff. And indeed, although Raphael Warnock got more votes than Herschel Walker, neither candidate got to 50 percent because of a third party candidate. And so there is going to be a runoff on December 6th. Herschel Walker in a completely deranged weekend saying things that don't make any sense about anything. Here he is in one clip blaming Raphael Warnock for a disruption to his speech that was caused by an ambulance driving by. Listen to this one.
3: I'm that warrior for God that he sent down here to get this man out of office. I'm that warrior for God that he sent down here because I don't dance and sing for nobody. I never have and never will because I remember when my office line used to tell me there's a Herschel follow me. I will take you to the promised land, so I'm going to tell all you vote for me, we all get to the promised land because we're not going to get there by one. I want all of us to get together because that's what we are. We're God's people and we're going to get there together. We're going to work this thing out together. We can't.
0: You guys following this?
3: Do it Because in the Bible, I read it said a house divided cannot stand. Mm. I don't know what Bible Senator Warnock is reading, but it's not the Bible I've been reading because he don't seem to be doing the right thing by him. That must be Senator Warnock doing this right here, trying to cancel me out, but he can't cancel me out because I'm the man of God. God loves me. And I can tell you that right now. He loves me. And I'm going to tell you this right here because it's getting cold outside. But cold weather only make us better.
0: Yeah, uh, really just commenting on everything from uh, police responses to godliness and, and weather and just everything. At another event, uh, the trend we saw was that Walker's attacks on Warnock became not only increasingly incoherent, but also sort of strange in this word salad, Walker tosses up the idea that Warnock is not God's people.
3: But I started watching television and I came upon a man by the name of Raphael Warnock. Well, this was so funny, and I'm gonna get into it. No, no, don't boo him. He's he's uh, everyone falls short in glory of glory God. Let's just think about it. And he uh, you know, as I was watching him, and just the other day I heard him preaching in his church about me. Mm. He says some of the things I said is venomous and vile. And he said that you know when you talk about him, you're talking about Jesus, and you talking about Bob, Dr. Luther King. And this is what's so funny about it? He is correct. When you talk about God's people, you sometimes talk about Jesus, but he's not God's people because he's not doing right by what God is telling him to do. But Crystal I clear, right?
0: Crystal clear, folks. This is an election that is less about any particular issue and more about values consistency and who do we want representing us in the senate big picture and that's what i'm going to come back to after we we look at the uh Raphael Warnock clips now just one more of Herschel Walker blaming Warnock for something related to Archie Bunker not being on tv anymore i mean is it these are it's almost like a random word generator.
3: He is a man out of like, Has he read the Bible I read? Because they talked about forgiveness. They said, Don't look at the speck in your brother's eye. Look at the plank in your own eye. You got to ask for forgiveness. And he never asked for forgiveness and moved on. He's still talking about the past. We don't want to live in the past. Y'all, can I tell you this here? Archie Bunker wouldn't even be on the air today, would it not? And I tell you what, I used um, to love Archer Bunker. Did you not like Archie Bunker? But because of sin and the Now, it wouldn't be on air because. He's still living in
0: the past you got I don't know what he's talking about. It wouldn't be on un- Archie Bunker went off the air in nineteen eighty three and the guy who played Archie Bunker died more than twenty years ago. It's just this this is not about which candidate's tax policy do we prefer okay? This is absurd now, on the other side of this. We have a very good candidate, an uncontroversially good candidate. Here is a viral ad that Raphael Warnock put out in an extremely sophisticated way equating Herschel Walker's policies to dog poop.
4: Is it just me or does it feel like we've been here before the whole country's finished voting? and only us left. You think Herschel Walker would want to explain what he would do in the Senate if he actually wants to represent Georgia? Instead, he repeats the same lies, trying to distract from what we all know is true about him. But I think Georgians will see his ads for what they are. Don't you? I'm Raphael Warnock.
0: Yeah. So anyway, he dumps dog poop into a trash can when he says, I think people will see his lies for what they are. And then here is Raphael Warnock. Um, making sure people understand this from just a few days ago, there is going to be a runoff. There is another election coming.
4: Well, Georgia, here's the deal. It's now clear our race is going to a runoff. On November 8th, the people of Georgia showed up. You showed out. While we received more votes than my opponent because we came up just shy of 50 percent of the vote, we're going to a runoff. So I'm going to need all of you, every single one of you to go and vote one more time on or before December 6th. This runoff is about who is ready to represent you, who will actually work for Georgia. It's about who will stand up and fight for a better tomorrow for all of our children. Early voting runs November 28th through December 2nd and runoff election day is December 6th. Now, nobody believes a preacher when he says in closing, but I'll close with this, go vote. Your vote is your voice, your voice is your human dignity. And Georgia, I need you to raise your voices again, louder than ever. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to keep working for Georgia. It's the honor of my life. Let's do this thing one more time. All
0: right. So there are no shortage, there is no shortage of opportunities to get involved. You can, of course, donate. And many of you wrote to me and said you have donated. You can phone bank. I believe that a Cuban-American streamer Stephen Kenneth Destiny Benel, the is going to be leading a coalition of uh, canvassing down in Georgia. I don't have the details in front of me, but I believe it will be the weekend of, uh, uh, you know, I don't I think it's the first couple of days of December, but we can get that information. We have to get involved with this one. If Warnock wins, you knock out the power of mansion slash cinema like, yes, there's still two of them. You need one of them, but you can lose one of them and still have 50. And that is of critical importance. And we are going to follow this one. This is the race at this point in time. There is a fight, literally a verbal fight happening right now to be Donald Trump's vice presidential running mate in 2024. On the one hand, you have radical and repugnant Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's desperate to be Trump's VP. I told you about that last week. On the other hand, you have loser Carrie Lake, who simply cannot accept more people voted for your opponent and you lost and it's over. They are now engaged in a battle to be Donald Trump's vice presidential running mate. Let's start with Carrie Lake, who at the very same event over the weekend during which we already played one clip. She said the fight is not over, over the Arizona gubernatorial race. Here's a secret. It's over. It's over. You've lost. She spent two minutes just sucking up to Trump at that very same event, making it abundantly clear she is campaigning to be Trump's VP. Listen to this groveling.
1: My second favorite guy stood up on a stage right up there in beautiful Mar-a-Lago and said he's going to run for office again and I am so excited about that. Who's excited about that? There he is. And I will tell you this right now, I don't know what my future holds other than I'm going to continue to fight for this country, but I will do everything in my power to make sure this man gets back in the White House. We need him now more than ever. There's no other option. There's nobody better for the job. There's nobody who can get us out of this nightmare that we're in than somebody who introduced <laughs> America first policies.
0: Can you believe and so this? I
1: ask you in the coming days and months and weeks as we're hearing, you know, the fake news media talk. That we stand up and protect and push and and do everything we can to help President Trump in his move toward the White House. I will do anything in my power to make sure this man gets in the White House for our children's sake and for our country's sake. Are you guys with us on that? No, you- A lot
0: of campaigning for the guy who claims he doesn't need anybody's help.
1: Are you really with us? Are you in the bo- most beautiful place I've ever been, Mar-a-Lago, and I'm, I'm thrilled <laughs> to be here with people who are fighting for America. More
0: like the gaudiest place she's ever been.
1: 1st policies. The only way we get out of this mess is the America first policies that President Trump introduced. Right. And we need strong states and strong governors and strong leaders from the president right on down to the school board member. Let me rephrase that. We need strong leaders from the school board right on up to the president most importantly, the school board. So thank right. you so much for being here tonight. Thank you, President Trump, for inspiring all of us. And Mr. Inspiring the nation. Sir. And we are with you. We have got your back and we will be with you right until we get you back in the White House. Thank you so
0: much. All right. So that is a please pick me to be your VP sort of speech. And then as a reminder, here's Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's desperate to be Trump's pick for 2024. And she's concerned that DeSantis, and this was before Carrie Lake lost let Lake, really serve a long time as governors and not abandon anybody. Because if they did, it might mean Marjorie doesn't get to be Trump's VP. Listen to this:
3: Corrine and tries to challenge President Trump as far as being the Republican nominee for 2024. We feel like it's political suicide. This is his party. This is his race to run. Do you want to share your thoughts on that?
4: Absolutely.
0: I, I think that it's clear and obvious. President Trump is the people's choice. He's the one that we elected in 2016. We reelected him in 2020, and we will elect him in 2024. What we need in this country, Brian, is we need strong Republican governors like Ron DeSantis. We need strong Republican governors. We need Kerry Lake to win in Arizona. We need strong Republican governors to fight, stay in for eight years, and save their <laughs> states. Eight years, just long enough that they wouldn't be able to either run for president if you're talking about DeSantis or be Trump's VP. If you're talking about Carrie Lake not to abandon their states and try to run for president or any other big position, (laughs) could she be any more obvious in what she's trying to do? The last thing we need, I mean, for the party, right, for the movement, but for the movement, the best thing would be DeSantis should be governor multiple more times. Carrie Lake should be governor for close to a decade. They should not try to run for president. She's campaigning for herself as VP. Only a Trump supporter would see primarying Trump as an act of betrayal. And this is going to be extraordinary once it gets going. Let me know what you think. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube at youtube.com slash the David Pacman show. Much more coming up today. Check out our sponsor, Shaker and Spoon, the monthly cocktail subscription box that delivers the craft cocktail experience to your door. Each monthly box comes with three original recipes created by world class bartenders with ingredients for 12 cocktails. My favorite is the blood and sage. It's part of the vodka based drinks. It uses herbed sage syrup and blood orange Meyer lemon ginger ale delicious, refreshing. I love how shaker and spoon includes everything you need, the ingredients, the instructions right in the box. The recipe is easy to follow the blood and sage made for a very relaxing fall afternoon on the back deck. A lot of fun with shaker and spoon. You don't need to seek out hard to find cocktail ingredients or buy full size containers of things you'll use once. This is way more convenient. Shaker and Spoon introduces you to spirits and flavor combinations you may never have otherwise discovered and it is a fantastic holiday gift. Give the gift of an awesome experience. Shaker and Spoon giving you $20 off your first box. Go to shakerandspoon.com/pacman and use the code pacman. That's shakerandspoon.com/pacman. Promo code pacman saves you $20. The link is in the podcast notes. There is an argument being made by opinion writer Keith Naughton um, in The Hill that Donald Trump may not make it to the primaries. Forget about Trump might not win the Republican primary. Naughton is arguing that Trump may not even make it to the primaries. Let's explore whether this might be possible. One of the things that Naughton asks is whether Trump could, quote, flame out and not even make it to the Iowa caucuses and Naughton, in his article. And I will link to it. I encourage you to read it, lists a number of sort of strategic and polling and legal issues that could affect Donald Trump. To start with, Naughton argues, you know, Trump's polling is kind of soft when you think about the fact that he's a former president and that he's declared and no one else has and that that polling support for Trump is already getting worse since November 8th. Trump isn't even scoring 50 percent against people that aren't running. So the first question is, check the facts. Is that true? And the answer is, it is absolutely true. If you look at recent polling um, in Trump versus DeSantis, there's a newish Harris poll which does have Trump well ahead of DeSantis. But remember that DeSantis hasn't even announced that he's running. And Trump still can't get to 50 percent in a Republican primary. This is not a national poll here. This is the Republican primary poll. Former president, only guy who's announced not polling 50 percent. That is a concern. There is a YouGov poll from a few days prior. This is from last week. That one straight up has Trump losing. Trump is losing to DeSantis, who is not even running At this point in time. So in thinking through Keith Naughton's argument, so far he's correct. Donald Trump is losing a bunch of polls and even in the polls that he's winning, he's failing to get 50% in a primary against people who aren't even running. That is not good for a former president. Now, the counter to the poll story, you all know the counter to the poll story. Which was in 2015 into 2016 during the last contested Republican primary, people were saying the same thing: this guy can't win; he doesn't have the polling support. It's going to be Jeb, or it's going to be Ted Cruz, or it's going to be somebody else—you know, Marco Rubio, I don't know, whoever. Ron Paul, Rand Paul, um, and everybody who said that was wrong. The difference is now it's a little bit weirder that Trump has such soft polling, even after announcing despite the fact that he's all polling against people who aren't even running because he spent four years as president. And he is, in a sense, the leader of the Republican Party, or at least has been for a period of time. So I think that is a concern. The next problem that Keith Naughton points out in his article is that Trump has nothing new to offer. Now, the question is whether that's a problem. It's absolutely true. If you listen to Trump's announcement speech, It was verbatim the same speech he's been giving for a year or even longer, whether it's a problem that Trump has nothing new to say remains to be seen. Do people want something new? And I believe the answer there is it depends who you're talking about. Trump's hard and fast followers who buy the gear, go to the rallies, repost the memes, those types of people, I don't think they want anything new. They want the exact same speech about, you know, teaching transgender and we're going to ban men and all this different stuff. But there is a growing faction of the Republican Party. Some of them have been interviewed on Fox News recently who want something new and different. The difficulty for Trump is he can't win just with his base. That base lost him 2020 and some of them are becoming demoralized. So you've got to find some new people and the same messaging is unlikely to capture it. I think he's absolutely correct there. Naughton also talks about the unpredictable nature of Trump's legal troubles and how those may impact what happens in this campaign. I think that that is true. It's a real consideration. We just don't know the full scope of what will happen, which makes it difficult to say, here's how it will affect Trump's race. Lastly, how does Naughton get to Trump may quit before the primaries? Naughton's argument is that for Trump, quitting and saying, I don't need this crap. It's my choice. I'm going back to be a rich guy or whatever, it's better than Trump losing a primary. And that's why Keith Naughton, in his piece for The Hill, argues this is not going to go well for Trump. The polling will be so bad that even Trump will be worried. Because remember, if the polling's a little bad, Trump will come up with, oh, it's push polling and they're trying to get people to stay home. I don't believe the polling. The polling may be so bad that Trump will believe I've got to get out rather than be humiliated by not even as the former president losing a primary is very embarrassing. There is one more interesting point here. Can we imagine Trump winning a New Hampshire primary right now, a Republican New Hampshire primary? The last poll from which was just one of the early primaries. The last poll from New Hampshire was from UNH in June, June. And it had DeSantis up by two in New Hampshire. Trump hadn't announced and DeSantis hadn't announced Trump's problems have grown since June and DeSantis's favor has increased among Republicans since June. If it's so difficult to imagine Trump winning a New Hampshire Republican primary, Keith Notton's argument starts to make a lot more sense. What do you think? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and make sure that you're subscribed. We wondered whether it was coming and it has Donald Trump has been unbanned from Twitter, but as of this moment, he hasn't posted a damn thing and recently said that he did not plan to return to Twitter, even if he was unbanned Uh, NPR reporting on this. Elon Musk allows Donald Trump back on Twitter. Now, what Elon Musk did was he put out a tweet and he said, should I reinstate Trump to Twitter? And despite all the claims about how much of a left wing echo chamber Twitter is and how it's all radical left bots, uh, the yes reinstate votes won on Twitter, claiming that he was representing the will of the people. Elon Musk then went and had Donald Trump unbanned. Uh, A quick look at Donald Trump's Twitter account shows that his most recent tweet. Was uh, almost two years old, January 8th, 2021 where he said to all of those who have asked, I will not be going to the inauguration on January 20th. And of course, he did not go to the the inauguration of Joe Biden. He left Washington, D.C. before that. The one. Listen, I don't know whether Trump's going to come back to Twitter. Quite frankly, I don't care. There's a couple interesting things here. Number one. This decision by Elon Musk could torpedo. Truth, social truth central. And the reason why is as follows. Trump has said, I'm not going back on Twitter. Truth social is the place where everything is happening. And Trump is in the middle of trying to uh, sell or raise money for truth social to the tune of hundreds of millions because truth social is going down in flames. Even if Trump doesn't go back on Twitter, it's harder to imagine that investors would be as interested in truth social given that one of the main reasons for its existence and creation was that Trump was banned from Twitter. So we'll see how that shakes out. And it would be interesting if this decision by Musk ends up torpedoing torpedoing truth social. The other thing is that Elon Musk has, of course, seemingly gone back on his own word. Elon Musk at the end of October said he is not going to be unbanning any accounts until a new content moderation council forms. We are not aware of such a council forming. And so big shocker, Elon Musk seems to have gone back on his own word, unbanning Donald Trump on the say so of his own followers rather than because of this content moderation council. Will Trump ultimately be able to resist going back on Twitter? I have no idea. Let me know what you think. I think it's totally plausible Trump stays off of it. I think it's also totally plausible that if indeed his campaign continues to not get the attention that Trump wants it to get. He will get desperate and try to find a way to get more attention. And maybe going on Twitter would be exactly that. Let me know what you think. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. Today's caller asks a very personal question about parenting. Listen to this. Hi, David. Are you the kind of father that would spank
3: your children and wife?
0: No. No, I, I don't even do. Do I really need to say more? I mean, do the answer is is no. Uh, let's just leave it there. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. The World Cup has started in Qatar. I am genuinely. Split 50 50 on the one hand, I could not be more disgusted at the lead up. So I mean, listen, Corruption in the selection of Qatar to even host a World Cup. Use of what is essentially slave labor, indentured servitude to build the stadiums in Qatar. Most recently, Qatar won't allow any kosher food or public Jewish prayer. In and around the World Cup, this is a horrible extremist authoritarian regime. On the other hand. As an Argentinian. I love the World Cup and I love watching the Argentinian men's national team. I'm thinking about getting up at 5 a.m. tomorrow to watch the first game. And uh, this is um, we're going to talk about World Cup and what's going on in Qatar on the bonus show. That's number one. Secondly, CBS News went on hiatus from Twitter after uh, supposedly over security concerns and then is now back to posting on Twitter. What happened? Is it weird? Is it a call for attention? What's going on? We will discuss it. And thirdly, NASA is now saying that by the year 2030, this is only, you know, eight years away at this point. By the year 2030, astronauts will be living and working on the moon. You know, we heard all these predictions about we would be on Mars by 2024. We're not going to be. et cetera, et cetera, that don't seem plausible. They never seemed plausible. Mars 2028. eh, It's seeming a little difficult, but maybe. Working and living on the moon by 2030 seems much more plausible, but will it happen and what would be the point? We're going to talk about those stories and more on today's bonus show. This is a shortened week, just so everybody knows. We are here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We will then be off the rest of the week for the Thanksgiving federal holiday in the United States, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday will sort of be like a Friday show and we will have new content on the Pac-Man Finance channel. We will have new content on Pac-Man Live. Everything else will sort of be normal, but it'll just be a shortened week for the holiday. And then we will be indeed uh, back next week. We're going to uh, speak to you on the bonus show. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. Oh,
4: the bonus show where you want to make money. Yeah. Everybody else that makes money to fund themselves is bad.
0: Yeah. Alex Jones is the last person at this point to be commenting on business advice given what's going on with his hemorrhaging of money. Uh, but yes, you sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code 24 starts now, and very soon, maybe tomorrow, maybe Wednesday. I will be able to announce the release of our first white paper. I think you're going to like this. Talk to you on the bonus show or otherwise tomorrow.